everyone. Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the ordinary rhythms of life. And uh, this podcast is about to be just kind of an ad lib podcast, no preparation. Alex Tate has a great question for us. And um, Alex, you want to ask it? Oh, uh, sure. So, I mean, I'm not for, for sure how I'm going to phrase this because it's off the top of my head, but uh, uh, we talk about, you know, renewing the city, you know, renewing schools, um, renewing, um, you know, workplaces, renewing our neighborhoods, our city, our country. Um, so the thing about that is um, when when is it that church actually abandons or do we continue to renew the city? Yeah. So... <clears throat> In relation to, there's a lot of ways we can talk about this, but so in one of the podcasts recently, we were talking about, we were uh, looking at C.S. Lewis's essay on American public schools from 60 years ago. And he, he had the foresight to see the writing on the wall. He knew right where we were headed and, and, and we're, we're here today. Mm -hmm. Lowering, lowering of standards, um, teaching unbiblical values um, one, one guy, one guy said it, um, Johnny can't read, write, or do arithmetic, but he sure feels good about himself. And that sentiment is kind of, uh, pushed, it, it's taken hold in, in, a, in a, an American public education. And so we said, man, let's, what if we pulled our kids out and we started something new, right? And we started something new. And Alex, you, you said, well, how does that work with renewal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a debatable point here, but if we believe the the American public school system is the Titanic, there is a point on that Titanic when it's too late to repair, right? It's too late to repair. And what we want to do is we want to sound, hopefully what I'm trying to do is sound the alarm iceberg (laughs) ahead. Actually, I feel like the hull of the ship has already been ripped open um, and, and the ship is going down fast. I think critical race theory, I think transgender ideology, I think critical theory in, in general, I think uh, relativism. There's a lot of different reasons that have ripped the, sh- the hull of the ship open and they've lost their moorings completely and it's going down fast. And so what I think Christians need to do is get off of that ship and build a new ship build a new ship. What I, we would say is, you know, a Christian, a gospel-centered um, Christian education in the Western tradition, you know, that, like the, the classical Western tradition, like we, like the Puritans did and like we've done before. Now, what, what is that, what happens with all those people on there, on the Titanic? Well, they go down with the ship, but guess what? If they go down with the ship and the Christians have had the prescient knowledge beforehand to build another ship when the titanic goes down it's not like leonardo dicaprio they don't just all die they're looking at each other right they can actually swim over to our ship right the question would be is that where we're at Mm. right and here's here's what here's the 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 reality of our present circumstance no one ever knows for certain what the future holds. But C.S. Lewis was tapping into something 60 years ago and he saw the degradation of our educational system and there's nothing in the future here. There's nothing that we can see. There's no roadblocks putting in place. 
attempting to stop those things, okay? The current administration is appointing judges and lawyers, and all, or I mean judges and people to sit on the bench and all these different people that are noted communists, like we're, that are noted critical race theorists, that we are moving, that are teaching critical race theory in, in law schools. We are moving in this direction. And it is, it should be, if for anyone who knows history, it should be terrifying. The word socialism should be terrifying to anybody <laughs> because communism leads to genocide and murder. And socialism, Karl Marx taught, socialism was just an in-between period between capitalism and communism. Socialism is, is, socialism is meant to lead to communism, okay? So I don't, I don't know for certain that, the, that it's the Titanic, Everything that I'm reading and um, and looking at the, the trends of history say that it is. And so, uh, and, and, and here's why. We, we've, we've said, Paul teaches, it's not whether we wor- worship, it's which God we worship. Mm-hmm. Education is about worship. Mm-hmm. It's about instilling values in people and telling them what a good life looks like. When God got taken out of the equation, purposefully, when Jesus got taken out of the equation, something else filled that vacuum. It is a lie to to believe that public school is non-religious. It is teaching paganism. It is teaching all religions are equal. All all, humanism is, is, we all are in this together and we don't need religion and we don't need God and we can define ourselves and and we can, and uh, and we don't need to be oriented to God to know facts, right? And, and, And you know what? We're not even teaching values here. That's the kind of lie they say. We don't even teach values here. We teach facts. That's, that's a lie. They're inculcating values by the way they discipline, the way they enforce, the way they set rules, what kind of behavior do they allow in the hallways, all of these things are inculcating values and they're, they're pagan values that are being inculcated into our kids, okay? So I, I'm purporting that because Christ isn't at the center, it's devolving into chaos because it's always Christ or chaos. That, that's, and now it just, it's just taken a while. It's just taken a lot, you know, it's taken whatever, 60 years from Lewis for us to really start seeing it and feeling it now. So if that's happening, like we we already you know know this is this coming into the workplace, right? Um, you you got to call uh, a his a her a they, um, or you could you can't talk about Christ or you're fired. Like so, what is it? What does it look like there, in the midst can, of that? Can we go back to before we get there? Because I think there's there's something to be teased out here in terms of this whole educational piece. First mm-hmm. of all, we have to wrestle with the question: Are we on the Titanic? Is it going down? So mm-hmm. I think that's what you're arguing. You're arguing for the fact that. You know what? We've got a we've got a huge gash in our hole called education, and it is going down. And if we don't build a boat quickly here, people are going to go down with it with nowhere to go. Yes. And so we want to build a boat to get them on there. Now, that's one question that people have to be thinking about. The second question is, if that's the case, if I'm so there's two pe- there, in our audience, there's going to be two groups of people who are most affected by this. It's those who are in the public education system as administrators slash teachers, mm-hmm. right? So what do they do? Mm-hmm. And then secondly. It's going to be obviously our parents who have children who are in the public school system. What are they to do as this is, you know, in one sense is going? And I think even maybe a third question is, is that what do we do? What's our role in terms of our greater community of people who are outside of the church who are stuck in this 
situation. So I think of those who have no means, those who are poor, who you talk about a, you know, you start talking about a private education and immediately they're like, okay, well, that's way off, way outside of my, yep. my realm. So I think there's a lot of questions. That it's come. expensive too, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the whole point. There's just, you, you cannot afford it apart from somebody helping you to afford it. So I think, so, so if we could, maybe if we could just go down the road of what are we, what are we doing? So we, we say strongly, we want to be renewing the cities. I'm a teacher in a public school system right now. And I've got to wrestle one, am I on a sinking ship? And let's say I come to the conclusion that I am, what do I do? I think that's one question we have to help people with. And then if I'm a parent, same struggle, I have to, am I on a sinking ship? If I am, what do I do? You know. Yeah. So I would say there's many different options there, and it depends on that person's gifting, that person's calling from the Lord, and how they should they should talk to an elder. They should help. The elder would help them discern that call. They would give them some books to read, because there's lots of things you can do. Guess what? Even on the the sinking ship, there's lots of things to do for the good of the Lord. So you could say, I am a missionary. I'm 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 on a sinking ship. I know I'm on a sinking ship, but I'm going to be here until it goes down. And I'm going to try to save students. I'm going to be here for these students. I'm trying to give them the best education I can. And I'm going to try to, uh, you know, look for opportunities to invite them into my life and be able to share the gospel with them if I can. And, and I'm here as a coach and as a, as a, as a teacher for, for that purpose. Okay? That's one thing. Second, maybe, you know what? I'm a teacher, but I feel called to actually see if I can bring some renewal to this system. So I'm going to go get my MBA or my master's or whatever, and I'm going to going to get up into uh, the administration, and I'm going to try to bring renewal and restoration there to some of these broken systems. Okay, that that's another avenue as well. And then there's there's some teachers that are like, you know what? I'm going to be the pioneer. I'm going to be the pilgrim. I'm going to be the Puritan that leaves Britain to come to the United States to start a new life, and I'm going to help start a new. I'm going to start a Christian school or I'm going to go to a Christian school and I'm going to try to bring renewal to that Christian school and make it even make it a, a, a better, a better school. Mm-hmm. So the Christian could have the, the Christian educator. That's just three possible responses that, that they could have to, to all, and all three of those would be attempts to bring renewal um, and restoration and in, in, in to bring the gospel to bear in their career. Now, if I'm a if I'm a teacher or administrator who says, "Hey, you know what? I think that if we all stick, stayed with the system and did what you said, which is I'm going to do the very best I can as a, as a Christian teacher, I'm going to get my masters, I'm going to become an administrator or I am an administrator and I'm going to it I'm going to try to and and but we're also calling some to leave, right? And so there's this, I, I get the fear that people have with regards to, well, if we, if we start building another ship somewhere else, then it really will go down. You know, right, yeah. why don't we all stay on the boat? Let's all stay on the boat and try to, try to reform the boat. You know, yeah. that's, I think that's the question that our, our listeners are really wrestling with. And I, I get that. I get, the, I get that. So part of the problem with the Titanic, remember, it was, it was too big to fail. Right. It it was this is the best ship ever. This is too big to fail. And like, just look at look at our look at our collegiate options, like college options. Okay, We you know, there's a lot of different little, you know, colleges you can go to. You can go to private. You can go to public. You can go. You know, there's state. There's all these different options. Well, competition is good. Competition between universities is good. Right. And and that is 
that is, I think that would be good for quote unquote public options as well. Mm-hmm. That there, there would be, there would be competition there. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You know, like better teachers get paid more and a better administrator gets paid more and a better ran school gets more students. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's like quality. That's what a market a kind of economy approach to this would, 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 would create. Right. And instead of, you know, different unions and different things where poor, you can't fire a poor teacher and a poor teacher just stays in that system for a long time and all the way down, all the way through the system, poor administrators, poorly ran schools, um, you know, that's, that's an issue. So I don't think just sticking with the, what we're doing just because, well, here's the deal. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I like, I'm okay with risk. I, if I see something done poorly, I want to do better. I want it to be done better. Um, I don't feel any, I don't feel any nostalgia. All right. I'm a public educated kid, public school educated kid. I went to North Scott here. Um, it wasn't a terrible education. wasn't a, wasn't a superb education. My kids are getting a far better education than I did. Uh, but I don't have any, and I wrestled and coached at that school too. You know, I coached there for a, quite a while after that. I love I love my involvement in the, in the public school, but I don't f- have any nostalgia or, towards it. I, I, I'm I'm hundred percent okay with like let's let's do something better, right? Let's let's fix the let's fix something. And anytime the national government is involved in something, I I don't think there's really any hope from reform from inside because it's so legislated and it's so top down and it's so you know. Federal, federal funded, and and the the federal government's fingers are. are but that's in a that lot thing. of things, though, right? I mean, that's a lot of places. Um, but you're not. You're. Are you just? I mean, the Titanic discount just sounds like terrible because it's as if you know people are gonna die or you know those things. But like, so you're, so we're saying that like we need to be aware. We need to be aware that these things are happening, or like we should we should go ahead and jump off the ship and start well, I, start I think, swimming over. I think everybody needs to to pray about it and discern their gifts and discern their calling. We need to remember first and foremost that the role of education is a parent's responsibility. It is not the state's responsibility. The scriptures tell us that it's the parent's job to educate their children. Now, the obviously, it's my job to feed my children too, but I can take them to Denny's and <laughs> and get a, and let Denny's do it, right? I can pay Denny's to feed them, right? Well, I can pay someone to educate my kids too. It's I can delegate that, mm-hmm. but it, but the question is, who do I delegate that to? Right? Who? Where is that? De- so it's my responsibility, and it's my responsibility that they get a Christ-centered education, ultimately. And so I've written a, a, kind of a lot about that. There's there's ways to do that with the public school system. It just requires a lot of uh, reading on the parents' part. Most parents don't know what their children are being taught. They don't know the history lessons that are being taught. And the, we're not, they're not being taught the same, hist, the same even American history that you were taught in children. American history has been, is being taught and painted in such a way mm-hmm. that people kind of feel, they, they, don't, they feel bad about being American, mm-hmm. right? They feel bad. They don't even want to celebrate Thanksgiving because they think that, you know, that the pilgrims and the Puritans were, were bad guys coming over here, yeah. right? Uh, and... So there's, 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 so you have to know what's being taught. You have to um, know, know the values that are being inculcated. Mm-hmm. 
And then you have to sit down with your kid and say, okay, I know they say this is Pride Week, but this is what we, this is what we believe. This is a lie, right? And you have to go, you have to work your way through that, yeah. right? It's, it, so that requires a lot of extra time. And most parents that I know don't have that extra time because then their kids are in extracurricular activities and they've got multiple kids going to different places. And they just, they, and, and kids are notorious for coming home. How was school? Fine. What'd you learn? Nothing. So you're not knowing what's getting lodged in their soul. Yeah. Right? So I just think it's really hard. I think it's really hard almost. I mean, it's really, really hard. I think it's really, really hard. But it, it, the responsibility is on parents. And so some parents, yeah, uh, you know, could homeschool. Some parents could private school, um, you know. Maybe yeah. we could come up with a way that we could create, you know, and I think there's other states that are doing this where you can use your... Your, your taxes, your, your property taxes to, instead of my property taxes going to the Davenport School District, my property taxes would go to the school of my choice, mm. right? That would be some legislative work that would be really good yep. that could help us have some have school choice, have, have some options here, yep. right? Instead of my property taxes going to the Titanic. Right. <laughs> and then... Me outside of that having to pay for for, for private school, right, right? Yeah. So I think one of the things, and I think we we get to that second audience, which is the parents, is that ultimately it's an intentionality that we need to be taking on as parents, and we as a church need to be encouraging our parents and be reminding them of the importance of the importance of that. That we're really involved in thinking and knowing what is going on within the within the lives of the of the students there. And I think one of the things that I, in in my uh, past uh, life as a headmaster of a classical Christian school. Um, one of the things I tried to help our parents, all of our parents, those who were going and those who were potentially coming to our school, is that I wanted them to understand that this is not just passing on information from one generation to another generation, but education is really about passing on a love. What are you going to love? And if you think about it, you know, many times uh, the, some parents would come to me and, and uh, that were thinking about, you know, going to a private school, um, but they would say, well, we're in a pretty good school district. You know, and in one level, I would say, yeah, you probably are in a pretty good school district. You, you come, you know, where they tell me where they're coming from. And it, they, it was a good school district in the sense of the standard of what the public school is, is saying is the standard, which is, you know, a certain level of, of success academically and such. But I reminded them that the, where they were coming from is, it was a worldview that said that, that you, you come from material, you ultimately are going to die in material. In other words, you're just going to, you know, there's no, there's no eternity, there is no God, there's no transcendent one. And thus, what does that mean that you live for the rest of you, between birth and death? Well, the material. And so they were defining success based upon the material, meaning uh, schools would be touting how many of their graduates, you know, what grade point average they had, what schools they were going into. They would, of course, tout their alumni. Their alumni would be successful from a world standard point of view. And so you look at that and say, wow, this must be a good school district. They've got good, you know, going to good colleges, good universities, you know. And, you know, I'm using the word good. I'm not defining that right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm defining it according to, they were defining it, uh, you know, kind of where our world is. And that is that, hey, what kind of income do I have? What kind of home do I live in? What kind of vacations am I going on? Ultimately, that is the, so, so what are you teaching your children in that context? Well, you're teaching them to love the material. And that's called a religion. Yeah, and it's a religion. So materialism. Right. That is materialism. And so now here's the problem. If you are a Christian who has not you don't have a, a Christian worldview, you haven't repented of that idol and and 
worshiped Jesus, then you'll be tempted to be okay with the public school system as long as they will give them, create little materialistic people out of your out of your kids. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 what we're saying by that is, okay, I want to get a good grade. I want to get good grades. I want to graduate from a good school. I want him to go to get a good college. I want him to get him a good job. I want him to have a good wife and get married and, and have a good family. And what, what, I, what I mean by good family is a, a house is as big as mine or bigger than mine, mm-hmm. maybe with a pool in the backyard. I want him to have a nice car and then have a really nice job and then be able to retire and maybe have a, another home on the beach or in the mountains or somewhere else. That is a story. That is a worldview that is a different story than Christ. That is a pagan worldview. That is materialism, Mm -hmm. right? And now a Christian parent would say, well, I I, I want that, but then I I, I want Jesus thrown in there too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. This is why 66% of all Christian kids that come up from Christian parents walk away from the church their freshman year of college, right? Parents, we can't be training our children and sending our children to materialistic schools and be surprised when they worship material, when they don't need God to get a good job. They don't need God because they've got good money. They've got friends that they can go out and drink with on the Friday night, and they're having fun, and they're living for material. I think, too, just to be cautious is... uh the desires of uh, sports. I mean, that is the the piece. I know we're talking about education, um, but kids and are influencing their parents to say, I want to go to this school because X, Y, and Z for swimming, for yep. volleyball, for cheerleading, for whatever it is, and that's where the desire is being kept. And they're only doing the education piece so that they can do the yep. extra curriculum. I was talking to somebody last week has phenomenal athlete children and talking along that those same ways you know i i have to i'm going to go to public school my kids have to go to public school because they've got to get this they're going to get the scholarship they're going to go on and i just said oh man well here's the story you know they they get the they get the scholarship they go to the big school they they win the heisman trophy they get a 12 million dollar contract and then the next year they're they they're they're out drinking and they get in their corvette and they're driving 100 56 miles an hour and they kill someone mm-hmm. and the reason i did that is because that's what happened to the raiders wide receiver yeah. that, that's ex- that's his story mm-hmm. from from three weeks ago or, f- yeah. or four weeks ago mm-hmm. and now he's you know could be spending the rest of his life in prison he was a good kid he got his degree he won the heisman trophy he got the got the contract he got he got but he didn't have the morality he didn't have the values he didn't have the god-centered yeah. worldview that would keep him from drinking and then spe- or getting drunk and especially drinking and then and then driving and which ultimately murder. And guess what? The whole the whole house of cards fell down. It's almost like Jesus when he said, "If you build your house on the sand, and the waves and the wind, and all that come, it's going to come crashing down. Yeah. But if you build it on the rock, it will withstand." That's true. We've said this. Homes. That's true for churches. That's true for businesses. That's true for uh, societies. That's true for schools. It's true for anything. I think that's super good. A good point. Um, but I guess too, then um, we have to define what renewing is, because I feel like um, we say we're going to renew schools, we're going to renew businesses, and it's almost as if we're saying like you got to start your own to renew. So can yeah. you can you walk through that mm-hmm. a little bit? Good yeah. question. Yeah. So there's always a balance. 
okay? We need people, we just have to, some of it is going to be completely subjective, okay? Guess what? I started a new church 10 years ago. I was in a current church. I, I tried for years to bring renewal to that church. And then that church basically said, we don't want your, what, what you have to offer. We don't want to be renewed, okay? So they let me go. They fired me. I was so adamant on working to renewal, I wouldn't have left unless they fired me. Boom, they fired me. Guess what that means for me? I have to start something new, right? I start something new, I'm, I'm building that thing. Everyone has to make that decision. Can I bring renewal or is this literally impossible? Like for the Christian who's like, how could we bring renewal if they won't allow Jesus into this thing, mm. right? Now, what's interesting to me is some of the stuff that 180 is doing because some of these schools in Davenport are so bad that they're allowing 180, even though 180 is Christ-centered, they're allowing 180 to come in and, and help with after-school programs and do, they don't care anymore. Mm. They're like, they're at, they know that, that they are in the Titanic and they don't have, they have bro, majority of the kids come from broken homes. They, they, they just need a lot of help. So they've allowed 180 to come in. And I, I think that's, I think that's great. I think that could be maybe a stopgap, right? But by design, Christ is excluded. You're literally by design excluding the one person that can bring renewal and redemption and restoration. The one person that can bring healing and hope to all these families, yeah. right? So, you know, that's the question. I, I feel like I feel like if you ban Christ from being on the from being the center or even being in, at the table at all, let me let me start your own. Yeah, because yeah, we can't yeah. bring renewal. Unless Jesus is the one that brings renewal, right? We, we can't do it. Let me bring you a, a neat story back in Pennsylvania. So we lived in Pennsylvania for eight years, and there was a, uh, a notorious city in Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania, York um, town, York, um, that's the name of the city. Their inner city was just collapsing, and it, 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 was, it was notable um, how poor things were going, and, and particularly in education. So a classical Christian school decided to start a school in the inner city of York. And what they did is that they, in their bylaws, they, they, they required that their, their school population had to have, I think, I think it was 65% of their population had to come from a family that was at the poverty level. So what they did is they, they, they created this, it was every year they were required to bring in 65% at the poverty level, and then anybody else could, could come in as well. And so what, what was interesting about that, the, 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 the work of there, is that they, it, uh, all these secular businesses who were in the inner city saw what this particular school was doing. And they were bringing, of course, it was a, it was a Christian school, so they're bringing in you know, Christ in everything that they did. And they saw the good that, that was creating and they got support, financial support to provide the, because what the school needed is they needed tuition dollars mm -hmm. to come from somebody else besides those families who were in poverty. And it worked. Those, those businesses in the community, because what happened is they began to see a renewal within the city for people saying, hey, here's a school who cares about our inner city and I care about our inner city. I'm going to help them and it began to make an effect on those families. And then as a result, then, you know, it, it, the more business started doing yeah. things in, in, in the city. So it, it takes some creativity to, to begin to see this re renewal. But they had to, they decided we, we're abandoning the public school. We're starting a new school, a Christian school, classical Christian school in this case, uh, in this inner city. And the creativity of it all is that, so people who didn't, don't care anything about Christ, 
business owners, mm-hmm. but cared about the inner city and cared about where their businesses were located were providing funds for these students to get there. And, yeah, and you know, it's, it's a pretty cool story. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, almost, it's, it's like what Joshua was doing in Kenya. Yeah. And what 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 I like about it is here's the idea. Then these kids that are coming from broken homes, right? They don't most of them don't have the father involved. They're probably not they're getting a religious, a Christian education. They're learning about the hope of the world. And they're see, they're there's they're interacting with people that are have have that are educated, that know the gospel, that know all these subjects well. They're going to be interacting with with men who are leaders. They're going to find hopefully find role models and Christian men Christian uh, male coaches. They're going to see the difference between a, um, a family that, that the husband and father are, are, are staying, husband and father, the, the husband and wife are staying together, yeah. right? The yeah. nuclear family, they're going to see the blessing of that. They're going to, be, they're going to get that education, be more likely to follow in that, those footsteps, get married, and guess where they're going to hopefully come back to? Right back to York and teach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give back to that. And now, in that inner city, now you have a probably more than likely... You know, if, if it's African American or if it's Hispanic or whatever it is, you're going to have an intact Christian family in that neighborhood. That's good, right? And, and hopefully, you're going to see that multiply and multiply and multiply. Because we know a lot of the problems we're experiencing is because of top-down policies taking Christ out of and, and educationals, but it's also bottom-up immorality. Mm-hmm. I want to. Yep. I want to. I want to drink. I want to do drugs. I want to sleep around. I don't want to get married. I don't want to take responsibility for my life. Uh, see how that school in York, the long term plan, works in both directions. Right. Right. It works. It works. It works top down and it works bottom up. Right. And and so that's where I think. Uh, and so the the, the 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 public school, you can only work from the top down. Because yeah. you you're doing nothing to fix the society-wide problem of immorality and the, the, the broken family structure. So I think, I think that's great. Um, but a lot of people may ask, like, okay, there's, there's a lot of Christian organizations around here that have been started and renewed, and they, maybe they got off the ship and they're, they're doing their own thing now. But how do we stop it from being tainted? Do we only raise up with within, or, hmm. or what, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Every organization will eventually, typically gets off mission, Mm-hmm. Um, and needs to be constantly renewed and constantly restored, and it's the it's the problem of sin, and uh, it's the problem like if you find Christian schools that are 100 years old, 80 to 100 years old, they're probably not Christian. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're they just liberalize. They just uh, for whatever reason, somewhere along the line, someone decided, you know what, we're a little too Christian here, and we're narrowing our focus. I think we should widen the gates a little a little bit. We could get more students and then we could get more money and then we could build bigger buildings. So let's just open our let's not teach that let's not make that theology class mandatory. Let's not really teach this from a Christ centered worldview. Let's open our gates a little wider. And when when they made that decision, they were basically inviting in the spirit of liberalism, yeah. uh, the spirit of paganism, mm-hmm. and then that thing begins to degrade and become just like every other every other college. It, you, it's really hard to be on a board and to and to be there and say, nope, we're staying Christ-centered over and over and over, even if we might fail. Like, if the numbers are going down, we might have to lay off teachers. We might have to fail. It's better to fail than get off mission and succeed in the secular eyes of the materialistic worldview, right? <clears throat> so I think what we're trying to say here is in particularly when we're talking about education, that we're trying to 
we're trying to tease out in one sense the questions we need to be asking and trying to answer. One is, you know, where is our public school system? Is it, is it the Titanic? Is it, how bad is the gap uh, or how bad is the uh, gash in, in the hole kind of question? And with that, that we've already said this, we know if you're in West End, West End of Davenport, mm-hmm. If you're in inner city New York City, or if you're in York, or if you're in Chicago, goodness gracious, if you're in inner city Chicago, and and you're in Pleasant Valley, those two things, those are those are vastly different things. That's right. Yeah. Right. But we're looking at it. We're looking at it as as a whole. Right. As a whole. Right. And a lot of these things are. They're, they're the inner city is is further along down that path than than places like Pleasant Valley or other places. And a lot of that is what you were saying is from the bottom up, that there is a loss of um, the morality, the demand for that room out, or, or that morality within the context of these different locations. So it depends upon just what, kind of what you're, what you're you know, dealing with in terms of that bottom up. So, so, so we're, we're looking at that. We're also asking folks to be aware that there is this pretty significant gash in this hole of the ship and to be really thinking, okay, where, where is it at? What is the state of it? Let's not just pretend like it's it's doing fine. Secondly, I think what we're asking folks is, is then knowing, you know, whatever conclusion you come to, what is your role? What is your place in this uh, in terms of either staying in the system, staying, staying in as a parent uh, or as a, as a, as a uh, teacher, as an administrator, and intentionally making efforts towards, you know, let's, let's deal with that gash and, and really pressing into that and not allowing, not just letting it, letting it go. Uh, but also, you know, some may come to the conclusion that I need to do something different. I need to, uh, you know, I leave, um, mm-hmm. I need to start something new. Uh, so I, I think we, this is the question we're really wanting, the questions we're wanting people to, to ask and answer in terms of them really praying and seeking, seeking God out. What does renewal look like in, in our, in our situation? And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And knowing that it's like it's it's there, it is not neutral. There is yeah. there is no neutral ground, right. um, and so and we're called to we are called to renew, restore, and create create new, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what we're we're called to do. That's what the, in the what creation do you, mandate. What do you mean by neutral ground? Neutral ground. So there's nothing like there's nothing that's not religious. There's nothing that's not like it's either there is no ground that's like so every every part of creation every business, every school, every church, every part of society is claimed by Christ mm-hmm. or counterclaimed by Satan. That's what that's a quote from C.S. Lewis. So you're either either Christ is at the center or an idol is. Okay? So there is no neutral ground. There is no like you know, many people think that they're sending their kids to school and that's a neutral place where they're just getting facts. Mm-hmm. And facts are neutral, mm-hmm. right? And that that's that's not true. That school is teaching values. Mm-hmm. They are teaching a religion. Mm-hmm. They are teaching a worldview. And I think too, just uh, something to think about is remember how long your kids are somewhere else when they're not with you. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're they're at school or daycare or wherever, eight to ten to twelve hours because you got to provide for the family. So I just think that we should as parents be thinking about that you know moving yeah. forward um what type of theology are they getting wherever they're going that's it man so that's yeah, it very good because it's not whether people are teaching them morality it's which version of morality yeah. they're getting yeah, that's right. it's not whether they're being inculcated it's not whether they're getting a worldview it's which worldview it's which values it's which version of truth it's not whether it's which mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? And so if, you're, if your kids are eight hours away from you and it's, you know, a secular pagan concept of the universe, mm-hmm. they're going to be getting that. They're going to be getting that, right? And bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. That's even, a proverb. That even comes in like with those sports, you know, mm-hmm. like... Your, your kids are uh, whatever sporting team, whatever, whoever's coaching them for five to six to seven years. Like, think about, like, what are they getting from this this individual? Is it the theology that we're trying to raise our kids up in the Lord, or is it um, a worldview? Yep, yep. Well, man, that, that was just, off, this is just off the top of our head. Alex had this good question. Anybody, any other uh any thoughts, guys? I think uh, just one other thing. We, we never did get to your other question, but I think it is, it, 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 it's relevant, and that is, okay, now I'm in the business, and the same question has to come up. When you, it, oh, it, yeah, as a business, business as, as an individual who is maybe being employed, uh, you do have to ask that same question. What, what is this business allowing or not allowing me to do in terms of my, my faith, my understanding of God, my understanding of the world that he's, he's placed us into? And so you've you got to ask the same question. Yeah. Can I renew this place? Am I, am I here for that purpose, or is this a point where I have to, to step away? All right, let me say two things about this. <clears throat> Christians need to think biblically about work. All right? When God looked at Adam and Eve, said, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over this planet, go out there and, and create. Guess what? There were no jobs. <laughs> but there was a ton of work to do. Right? Yep. There was a ton of work to do. Yep. So what did they have to do? They had to get out there and they had, they had to work the ground and they had to till it and they had to create things and they had to build a home and they had to do all that kind of stuff. Right? That Our, our worldview should still be shaped by that. All right? Think about the pilgrims and the Puritans when they, when they hit the shores of our country. There were no jobs here. Hmm. But there was plenty of work to do. Yeah. Right? That's the mentality that we should have. We shouldn't be raising our kids to have a job, to be a cog in the wheel, to be a cog in the machine, to be just a specialist in one specific field. We should be preparing our kids to have a well-rounded Christian worldview, to be well-rounded in character and virtue and uh, uh, capabilities, to have something to, they can look at the world and they can change a tire and they can change their oil and they can start a business and they can mow grass and they can teach rhetoric and they can mm-hmm. understand a little bit of science so that, because there's, there's always work to be done, yeah. right? Work is out there. And if you get out there, you understand your gifts and you understand the world from a Christian worldview, work is always going to be out there and you, you will find a way to make a living, yeah. right? But if you're living for a job, that's not a Christian way of living, right? That's, again, that thinking was produced for, by our, our public school education system. Yeah. That we go and we get a specialist degree and we're going to be one cog and one, and, and we've lost the philosopher king idea. Uh, we've lost the, the, the doctor. That's what they used to call a doctor. Somebody who, who uh, understood a lot of different, you know, um, a lot of different arenas, and they were just wise. That's how the Bible talks about it, being wise, right? Yeah, wisdom. Wisdom, Proverbs, that he understands the way the world works, and he can can raise a family, and he can love a wife, and he can build a business, and he can go till a ground if he needs to, and he he knows how to work hard. He knows about the seasons. He knows if you lay in that bed long enough, guess what? That sluggish poverty will jump on you Mm -hmm. in the night. And I think, too, just being aware of, you know, 
the material things that you may be working for that are bogging you down to even think through this, like car payments after car payments after getting a, a bigger house and more land and, you know, uh, just material things that come with that. So then your account's not even set up to think through these pieces where God is calling us to be able to renew this as well. Yeah, that's good. Good call. Could take a few years to get to a place where you really want to be. So it's yeah. not like you were, you, you can, as you're pointing out, you have all this debt or you have this large house that you all of a sudden realize both of us have to work to, to maintain this. And it may take a few years to get to a place mm-hmm. where you really want to be. But if you can put your face towards that, yeah. that's, that's or, the first step. I don't know. Or maybe you need to get a smaller house. Yeah. It's a great market right now. <laughs> maybe you need to sell your house and move into a smaller house so that you, so that you can go to one income and you can homeschool. Yeah. Right, like, this is not rocket science. People are doing this all the time. Yeah. Um, and Alex, you said like private school it costs a lot. Well, according to statistics, public school costs a lot too. It can literally cost you the soul of your child. It can cost you the worldview of your child. Mm-hmm. Right. So, choose your cost. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. And a lot of people are choosing two car payments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, instead of you know their their kids and thinking through that process yep. as well. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So there's always ways around it, but we can't worship. That's it. Here's, here's the thing we're talking about. We can't worship material materialism. We can't worship material and Jesus at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> this was a problem that they had in the first century. Jesus spoke, spoke to it, and this is the problem they had, well, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Man cannot serve God and money. Jesus said it. Yep, yep. Man cannot serve God and money. Yep. Nothing new under the sun. We're, we're struggling and wrestling with the same thing. All right. Well, if you got more questions, keep them coming. If you need resources, let me know. I've got books. i got podcasts. i got different things I could recommend to you. We hope that this helped you. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you. Um, God bless. God bless.